the Stand On It podcast. It's true. The year was 1999. Let me paint the scene for you. 16-year-old truth. I heard this loud scream. I'm in the bed sleep. I heard this loud scream. I ain't never heard nothing like it before. So I come racing out of my bedroom. When I walk into our living room, I see my mother on the floor just in agony. Um, never seen my mom like that. Uh, she was so distraught in distress, she couldn't get her words out. Uh, she's hyperventilating. Uh, again, woke up out of my sleep to this scene. I look over, standing by the door, two police officers. And I'm wondering, like, what's going on? I knew it couldn't be good, but I had no idea what it could have been at the time. So one of the officers asked me uh, what my name was. I told him. I asked him why they was there. And then he asked me, you know, if this was my mom. And I said, yeah. And then he proceeded to tell me that my dad had been killed in a car wreck. And I didn't believe it at the moment, um, but he reached in his pocket and he handed me my dad's wallet. And that's when I knew it was real. Um, fast forward, a couple years later, uh, left to go somewhere. Uh, my mom was sitting in her recliner. She told me, hey, I got a doctor's appointment today. Um, I'll see you when I get back. That was the last time I talked to my mom physically. Uh, I got a call a few hours later that said, hey, you need to get down to Columbia to the hospital. Your mom had a stroke. She's not alert, not doing well. We don't know how long she's going to survive. Fast forward, get there a few days later. Um, I get there that day, but a few days later, my mom hung on. I was holding my mom's hand when she passed away, you know. Fast forward a few more years later, my brother passed away. Um, my other brother, who is also a barber, he went and cut his hat for his funeral. I went with him. I watched him cut my dead brother's hair. I'm sharing these examples to y'all, showing y'all, like, the effects that death will have. Because <clears throat> when people pass away now, I apologize in advance to people. Like, it's not that I don't care. I've just become so desensitized to it. And what I didn't realize as well, there are a lot of people Believe it or not, and I wasn't aware of this, I thought it was just common. There are a lot of people who've never experienced up to this point in their life the death of someone really close to them. They haven't. So it made me really start to to thinking about death in a different perspective. 
right? So think about this. Scripture in the Bible, Revelation 21.4. And the scripture says that he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Uh, mourning, crying, pain. There'll be no more. Former things have passed away. So thinking about that, a lot of people teach, because I was taught this coming up, that this scripture is referring to when everybody will be destroyed and the earth will be made into a paradise. When I started meditating on the scripture, what I take from it now is not what I was taught. I take from it that when it says death is no more, he will wipe out every tear from that eye, is the intention was never to be sad in the first place. You know, we always say we have a fear of the unknown. But think about death. I want to give you an interesting perspective, like I said, to think about it. Really, if you think about death, the emotions that come along with death are tied to what we think we know about an individual. Now, follow me. The emotions that come along with death is what we think based on what we think we know about somebody, you know? Somebody could pass away, <clears throat> and uh, I'm not going criminal. Of course, I'm not incriminating anything, but I know some people who've gotten away with murder. Now, on the flip side of that, here's the thing. The people that know these people, to them, they're amazing people. Whether it's either they changed or either they've Masked it to where you don't know. Now, when something happens to those individuals, the person who knows what they've done in life, they may have an understanding of why this potentially happened to them. Oh, I knew it was a matter of time they was going to catch up with them. But see, everybody else that don't, they're like, oh, man, this is a great person. And now, when something happens to that perceived great person, there's so many emotions tied with it. But we don't really know what was going on. So we got to start thinking on death from that aspect. Like, And I know it's easier said than done. Trust me, I've lost some very close people to me at a very young age. So I get it. But we need to challenge ourselves to take the emotion out of it because we don't really know what was going on. You know, we like to think based on who we know this person is, that this is what it was all the time. We don't know that. Give you another example. I was talking about this with my, uh, with my old lady. A lot of people are walking around now. And I was one of these. I had to go sit down and talk, to my 80-something-year-old aunt to get a complete understanding of some things I had questions about from my childhood that I never knew about. There are women walking around here right now, men. Let me start with women first. There's women walking around here right now who they don't understand why they struggle with the things that they struggle with, whether it's being promiscuous, um, certain feelings, certain things they've seen, they don't know because you know why? All they remember 
or all they may know their mom from is being at PTO meetings, taking them to church, cooking at the household. The mother never talks to them about what kind of person they were before this person that they knew now. So if a child got to know that, they're going to be like, wow, I never knew mom or dad did that. Same with a with a dude. Like if he struggles with, oh, I don't, I'm not a good dad or I don't want to be. It's the example that he may not have even been aware of that was going on. You know, I had a dude, homeboy. Uh, I hadn't talked to him in years, but one of the stories that he told me, uh, he didn't realize until later in life he had some resentment against his father. The reason he had the resentment against his father, through barbershop talk, he discovered his dad never wanted him. He wanted his mom to abort him. Now, see, knowing that, that filled a gap for him. Not saying this an excuse, but he even admitted he wasn't the best father he could have been, and he was wondering why he wasn't so happy when his child was born. Like, he was just like, okay, I got a kid, now I got to figure this shit out. But again, we don't know the whole story. It's that unknown. So I would just say start trying to look at it a little bit differently when you're talking about death because death, according to Revelation 21.4, that's going to be a thing that's forming. It's gone away. And if it's forming, it's gone away, we know it ain't going to stop what's happening. But if we look at it from a different perspective, it's saying we shouldn't even view death how we've been taught to look at it. We don't know. It's the unknown. We don't know what happens after you die. You know? And me, honestly, I feel like people are in a better place when, when they pass away. And if you don't, look around. If you don't think people are in a better place when they live, look around. You know? And that'll answer all of that. But when we're talking about the man upstairs, as a lot of y'all call God, you hear the, the saying all the time, God is good. And some people are pause and then they'll say, all the time. But I'm going to change that tonight because that ain't real. That ain't the case. And people go look and be like, oh, he going too far now. You might. Title of this episode, God is good some of the time. Them ain't my words. Those are your actions. And I'm about to unpack it. God is good some of the times. Follow me. So, um, there was a young man in the NFL. We talked about it a little bit on the last episode. DeMar Hamlin. Uh, went into cardiac arrest on the field. And boy, that was an outpouring of prayer. Everybody praying, get well. There was a dude who I have seen post atheist things that said, praying, pray for DeMar Hamlin. I immediately thought about the lyric from Kodak Black song. You don't even believe in Jesus. Why you got a Jesus piece? That's what that made me think about. Bro, you don't even believe in God. But now since it's the hot thing to say, it's the hot take Pray for DeMar Hamlin. But I got to, I want y'all to think of something. Everybody, God is good. He's really united. 
people and they're like, oh, across the country, this is what we need. America's coming together thanks to us praying for DeMar Hamlin. What if he didn't survive? See, that's that's the thing people don't want to talk about. You know, what if he didn't survive? How do you explain it to people who got family members? As I'm recording this, somewhere right now, somebody's praying for a family member to pull through that they're not going to pull through. Does that mean God isn't good? What makes God good for DeMar Hamlin and not everybody else? Do y'all really believe God is good? Because I'm telling you, I didn't see any of this, all this outpouring before this happened. And we're going to continue to unpack it here. I'm going to take it back even further. <clears throat> uh, y'all remember Tim Tebow, right? Everybody remember Tim Tebow. Um, Tim Tebow wore his faith on his sleeve. He was very, very, very out there with his faith. Tim Tebow used to also, uh, they used to call it Tebowing. He would kneel, get down, and he would say a prayer. Uh, I want to play this for you. Before we even get to the whole Tim Tebow thing, I want to show y'all, uh, that we felt the whole NFL as a community came together this week and he talked about this. Both teams coming together in prayer before this game starts. It's just an unbelievable deal for both teams to get together and pray and thank God for what's happened this week. So as you see, these are both teams on the field. This is a game after what happened. This isn't the game where this happened at. And, again, I don't want people to take this as, oh, I, I have an issue with DeMar Hamlin. No, I'm glad that young man recovered. But I don't want y'all to get lost in the sauce either because that's the question I want to know. If he didn't pull through, is God, is, is God still considered good? And that's what they're talking about on here. Like, oh, this is amazing how everybody came together for the, for prayer for this young man. What, what about everybody else? Has And nobody's talking about this. Peyton Hillis, running back in the NFL, I think he played like six or seven seasons. This man is fighting for his life after saving his children from drowning in the ocean. Nobody talking about that. I hadn't seen anything saying, pray for Peyton Hillis. It's pray for DeMar Hamlin. And then we pick and choose, and it's because of a lack of understanding that we think the picking and choosing is acceptable. Nobody want to ask these questions and, 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 and really dig into it. I remember I went to a funeral when I was in high school. One of my classmates passed away. And the preacher said, God needed another angel. That never made sense because I'm thinking, okay, God is love. That would mean, and I know he's selfish, but he's selfish to the way he expects people to worship. He's not selfish to the fact of, I want that loved one. Let me take him for myself. That ain't what God about. But that's what the preacher was 
teaching and being impressionable. But I wanted to show you that video first just to show you how things have changed. I brought up Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow wore his faith on his sleeve. Let's look at this video with Tim Tebow. See what they were saying about Tim Tebow. And this was 10 years ago. Ever more controversial, two students at Riverhead High School and uh, Riverhead High School rather had to serve a one day suspension for what's called T-bowing in the hallway. You no doubt have heard of the trend based on the Denver Broncos quarterback pension for taking a knee at the football game. There it is. Well, a group of kids decided to start doing it in the hallway and in between classes. It caught on and pretty soon a whole group of teens got involved. Four of them ended up getting suspended, although two later were let off because the school said those teens were never warned. The school says T-bowing was leading to an unsafe situation in the hallways there at that school, but given the religious undertones of why Tebow takes a knee, some people are pretty upset. What do you think about this? How we do have- <laughs> so I want to listen, this, this was, let me look at the date on this video. I don't want to misquote. This was back in Sheesh, I don't even have a date on here that I'm saying. Anyway, four students were suspended from school for T-bowing. Taking a knee, emulating Tim Tebow, and praying. They said, hell no. We don't want that happening. Now think about school now. You got school shootings. You got people fighting in school. They rather have that than to have some students emulating praying. They got suspended for it. And you heard us say the religious undertones really offended a lot of people. Because this man is praying. And he was doing it on the football field. Which... You can say whatever you want to say. That's part of the reason Tim Tebow did not make it in the league. They wanted him to go away. They wanted Tim Tebow to go away. They're not going to tell you that. Back then, I couldn't find the date on it. But I want you to think about this right now. So back then when they wanted Tim Tebow to go away, and you're looking at like how much uh, you got when it comes to ratings and what People are looking at and tuning in and the program. And that's what I'm telling you all about with the media. So this was just the study that was done in January of 2022. They hadn't released the study this for last year yet. But the 272 regular season games averaged 17.1 million viewers. On average, every game. And there was a 10% increase, it said, from 2020, and now it's the highest since 2015. So when Tim Tebow was doing this 10 years ago, <clears throat> that would have put us at about 13, 2013. So, yeah, in 2015, when it was there, Tim Tebow was doing this. He was phased out of the NFL. Think of where the ratings are now and look at the program and they pushing. You're seeing more and more uh, things tailored to your children. They're putting more agendas out there when it comes to sexuality, 
racism. Why is this on a sports network? You ever ask yourself that? Why do they have these type commercials on a sports network? Disney on ESPN. Disney is programming your kids through ESPN. Disney, they don't want to see uh, Tim Tebow out there taking a knee. They don't want you to have your kids watching sports and seeing somebody praying and then go to school and emulate it. No. Mm-mm. They don't want to see that. But let me take the video a little bit further here because I want you to hear when they interview this guy, I want you to hear what he had to say about, you know, Tim Tebow and him him taking a knee. Here we go. But um, what's nice is he does it, if you notice, he does it on the sideline only. Because right. if you do it on the field, that's a penalty. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. go to the ground in any way. So I'm glad the NFL hasn't provoked that. Because if right. he did it on the field, there's a penalty, it'd be a bigger controversy. And the fact that he's doing it where he's supposed to, maybe he would tell these students, hey, you do know, if the, if the school officials say don't. Now you, again, 10 years ago, he's saying he's doing it on the sidelines, but thankfully he's not doing it on the field. Like, because we're not having that. We're, we're tolerating you on the sidelines, Tim Tebow, but if you take your ass out there on the field, that you're going too far. You go, That's a fine and a suspension. But the video I started to draw off with, it was probably 200 folks on the field praying. But it was a problem when Tebow did it. We can't have it. Oh, I ain't done. Take it a little bit further. So, uh, when we think about that, right, <clears throat> Tim Tebow is saying a prayer. These people were saying a prayer to save a life. In their mind, God cares about football, and we're praying to God, and it ain't no different from people who pray to God for their team to win. God don't care about football, but that's another conversation. But anyway, when they out there praying to save this young man's life, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb, every time he does a play, every single time, it's on it's on the Madden game, everywhere. Every time he does a play, he hops up, and what does he do? Yeah. He drops the ball, and then he goes. Everybody might not know what that means, but I'm going to show this tweet to you. I know what it means, but I'm going to show you this tweet somebody put up. So the tweet says, I absolutely must know what C.D. Lamb's first down celebration is all about. Yeah. Listen to what they put in the comments. LOL. It's slime. It's the nose wipe. It means he's killing them. So think about this. You're praying to save somebody's life. You phased prayer out of this game 10 years ago. In the moment, you're praying to save somebody's life. This guy is putting up a sign that he's killing them. I'm not done yet. Stay with me. So, what happened last week, 
The Pittsburgh Steelers scored a touchdown. They've been doing this before this happened. They scored a touchdown. Their touchdown celebration is CPR. Whoever scores the touchdown, they do CPR. Or everybody got an outrage. Too soon. Can't believe the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing this. People were calling them the Shitsburg Steelers. This is just classless. Emulating CPR on the field after what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And pardon my language, but are you fucking kidding me? We got a problem with them emulating CPR that's life-saving. But you don't have a problem with somebody saying I'm killing. Make that make sense to me. Don't have a problem with somebody saying I'm killing them. It's a gang sign. I'm doing that. Y'all put it in the video game. But after this, guess what y'all did? They removed the CPR celebration from the Madden video game. But C.D. Lamb still doing gang signs, wiping noses. If y'all don't understand the program, I don't know what else to tell you. It's as clear as day. You phased out prayer. Now it's here. That proves my point. To y'all, God is good some of the time. I want you to think about this as well. You know why? When you, If you look at the overall of it, if you just look at the overall message, it's so much hypocrisy that's laced in this. That's all you can explain it as. Hypocrisy. That's why People don't get it, and they don't understand it. A lot choose not to. I'm going to leave you with this before we get out of here. So, Luke chapter 12, uh, Jesus, he's coming through. There's a lot of people who gather around. So many people, they pretty much on top of each other. Jesus immediately knew, okay, now we out here around these Pharisees. It's some modern-day Pharisees, too. I'm going to bring that out before we get out of here. We're around these Pharisees. The Pharisees, Jesus went ahead and told the disciples, Hey, man, the Pharisees out here, watch these folks because they they hypocritical. And he told them, watch for the yeast of the Pharisees. If anybody knows anything about yeast, that's in the Bible as well. A little yeast, uh, it'll just ferment everything. So, You got to be careful not to use too much because if you use too much, what you're trying to have, it's going to rise too far. It's going to be out of control. It's going to it's not going to come out right. So he was saying, hey, watch out for these Pharisees, because Jesus knew, hey, I've been healing people here. I've been doing this. They still didn't believe it. So he knew that they were going to come at this point and probably try and get him to perform in front of them so they could see what was going on, and put him on the spot. So he was already telling his disciples, man, look out for these folks, man. We ain't out here on that type of time. They didn't understand it. They thinking he talking about physical food. Oh, I got to go. We got to go get bread. He like, don't even worry about that. I'm not talking about physical food. He talking about these Pharisees. These people who they look at things, and when you look at them, 
you think this is an upstanding individual. They put on that mask. They hide. These are the majority of your churchgoers, the majority of your preachers. Yeah, I said it. These are the majority of these people, these modern-day Pharisees. And he was saying they're doing these things, but their heart is full of sin, and it's not pure. They're hypocrites. That's what these people who are sitting here and phasing prayer out of the NFL 10 years ago, but now want to bring it back when it's convenient. These are modern-day Pharisees. That dude I was talking about who I've seen him post atheist things, but now you're a believer. He's a modern-day Pharisee. Let me read to you the point that really... I want you to think about. <clears throat> so when Jesus was telling them about this, in verse 54, uh, what he talked about specifically, and this is going to bring this point home, slam dunk beautifully. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's go rain. And it does. When the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret the present time? <laughs> Think about that. Let's put this in connotation of where we are today, right? We can, we can go out, we can tell who's playing what game, who's going to be at what club, uh, where the next party at, when the next joints come out, we'll wear all these things, but we can't pay attention and be alert to what's going on in the present time. This was in the Bible thousands of years ago. You might not believe the Bible. You may do, but the logic, the principles of the Bible, you can apply them to your life today. Think about that. All these small things and even some major things, like you said, you got meteorologists. They can predict the weather. You got these people putting on a big production of a football game. Cameramen and all of this. Y'all know how to operate all of this stuff. But you can't gain knowledge, understanding of the present time. Or is it that you don't choose to? And that's what a lot of it breaks down to. You don't choose to. You're wanting to come over here and get that little bit of straw out of somebody else's eye and don't want to address your rafter at all. At all. That's that modern-day Pharisee. Outward appearance is strong. Inside is dirty. Heart is impure. Not pure. Unbelieving heart. All of that. That's modern-day Pharisee behavior. So I say... If you really want to be stand up, whether your life is going good, if you say you're a believer, if your life is going good, or whether your life is going bad, how you talk to your higher power should never change. But unfortunately, the majority, that's not the case. And that's why, whether I'm there, you're there, whatever, when you hear somebody saying, God is good all the time, 
this might be time to have that conversation. Are you sure about that? Because as I started this, God is good sometimes. Not my words, your actions. So, yeah, again, uh, thank you for sitting in with me tonight. The YouTube episode will be out on Thursday. Full audio episode comes out on Friday. Like, subscribe, rate, review, share. We need all that. Hey, until next time, stand on the podcast. It's true. You gotta stand on it. You gotta stand on it. You gotta stand on it. You gotta stand on it.